great song. Amen. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, we would like to say happy Valentine's Day to all of you. And it's, it's a nice, beautiful, white Valentine's Day. So, amen, amen. And uh, I was uh, listening to the radio, uh, I think it was yesterday, and there was a song that came across, and uh, I had not heard it in a very long time. And so I thought I would uh, give you a homework assignment this morning. And that homework assignment is to sometime today listen to this particular song. It is called Happy Heart by Andy Williams. It's, it is a very, very uh, good song, very fitting for the day. So we're going to uh, call your attention this morning to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter number 4, verses 9 and 10. And then we're going to go to the book of Psalms, 119 and verse number 32. First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. And I'm going to, uh, throughout my message here today, I'll be reading from maybe a different translation than the King James Version, but you'll get the message, okay? You'll get the message. So here we go. It says, There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. He would go on to say, and please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. But the part that I would like to draw your attention to this morning from that reading is simply, the Bible tells us that he prayed, and as part of his prayer, or the main part of his prayer, was he said, Lord, expand my territory. And then in Psalms 119, verse number 32, it reads like this. David writing, he says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. And I would like to speak to you on that subject today. Amen. The title, simply, Enlarge My Heart. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and uh, we're going to uh, initially here, Valentine's Day, I simply call it V-Day, and uh, the word actually Valentine comes from a Latin word, valens, which means strong and healthy, and I hope that here today that we all have strong and healthy hearts. I really do. The heart, of course, is the key to everything. And I hope that when we are finished here today, 
that you and I will have the courage because it takes courage to pray this particular prayer. Enlarge my heart. That's a very, very, uh, that's a very, uh, what I want, very courageous thing to ask from God as we'll, we'll find out here today. Valentine's Day for me, simply, I, I refer to it as the heart day. What it is, it's the heart day. Different people means a lot of different things, you know, roses, valentines, chocolates, romance, whatever. But to me, it's simply the heart day. Mm -hmm. To me, it's the story of a little boy that was born with a hole in his heart. And this little boy, at three days old, his mother put him up for sale for $500 at a fast food restaurant. And this day, that particular little boy, seven months into his life, once they found out he had a hole in his heart, on Valentine's Day, no less, this little boy had open heart surgery to repair the hole in his heart. And those uh, that attend Tower of Pentecost, you know that I've been studying Psalms 119. I don't know if I'll ever get through it, to be quite honestly with you. But during my study time on February the 5th, I was reading this particular verse, verse number 32, and I just couldn't get away from it. I will run the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. And it just, it just impressed me uh, so much. And then, that was on February the 5th. On the evening of February the 6th, Kathleen and I were at home eating dinner, as a matter of fact, and I, uh, my phone rang and uh, it said, I didn't recognize the number, it said Columbus, Ohio. You know, sometimes you take the chance and you answer it, sometimes you don't. I felt like that I should answer it. And it was a call from a gentleman, he introduced himself, his name was Wayne Cobb, and he was calling me as he was going down the list of UPC ministers, and uh, his my name came up to him so he made the call and his call was he requested prayer over the phone that God would heal his heart because he had had complication surgery on and on and uh, he still he was having heart problems and over the phone we prayed then that God would uh, would complete this healing process. And then there was a couple of another, uh, other incidents that came up, one on February the 7th, actually while in church, and another one on February the 8th while on my river walk. And uh, I knew, and both of those instances were to do with the heart, it was to do with heart issues. And I knew that I was going to preach on this verse, but 
it wasn't supposed to be today, it was building up. And then, of course, yesterday uh, we had some things go on and, and uh, we decided that we were going to do a broadcast, uh, live, a, a recorded broadcast, and Brother Jeff Woods was scheduled to uh, speak today, but as things turned out, he gave me the opportunity to switch with him, and uh, so here we are couldn't resist the heart. That little thing inside of you, that's the size of your fist. It weighs between 10 and 12 ounces. It's not very much. It's a little thing. But oh, does it work hard. It beats about 100,000 times a day while pumping approximately 15 to 1900 gallons of blood through the body during that time. 10, 12 ounces. It's a muscle. The word translated heart is used over 700 times in the Bible and 120 times in the book of Psalms. The word heart and soul can sometimes be translated as the same word. The heart, it encompasses the emotions, the intellect, and the will. It refers to the personality and character of the person. If you've ever heard the expression that she's got a huge heart, or they've got a heart of gold. And so this little muscle that, that pretty much it, it beats life throughout our body. David at a, one point in his life, as we read that scripture, he came to a point where he, there was something inside of him that said, God, I need a bigger heart. I need a bigger heart. Amen. Now, we know David, of course, probably, at least in my opinion, uh, the greatest attribute that I find about David was simply that he was called a man after God's own heart. Amen. That's pretty astounding. Back 1 Samuel 13 and 14, the Bible tells us that as... Uh, as Samuel was going to Jesse's house and God had informed him that there was a new king that was he was to anoint there that day and Samuel went there and and uh, we find in verse 14 the Bible says that the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart and Acts 13 and 22 we're told that the writer Luke in Acts the uh, chapter 13 and 22, he says this. He says, God speaking, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Amen. He looked for him, and he was that man. Goes on to say, which shall fulfill all my will. And so, I read to you, from the book of Chronicles, this young man, we don't really know how old he was, 
at the time, but his name is Jabez. He, as we all know, he comes really out of out of nowhere. Uh, really, he comes out of nowhere during this writing, and he prays this prayer, and he says, Lord, he says, I need you. He says, I need you to enlarge my coastline, my territory. And God did. And in Psalms 119.32, David, though, he's praying that God would enlarge his heart. He says, would you enlarge my heart and it would enable me, because see, David had a, had a purpose there. He wasn't asking just to ask, but he was asking and he said, because it will enable me to run the way of your word. See, in this verse, there are two areas here that David is asking for help. He's looking for a bigger heart, but the reason for the bigger heart is so that he can quicken his pace. David is so consumed by his desire to know more of God and his word that he cannot just walk toward that desire anymore. He needs to run. He needs to get there as fast as he can. In other words, he's David, he is so consumed with knowing more of God and more in, knowing more of his word that it's the idea that he understands that he can no longer just casually walk this life. But he's got to run so that he can get as quick as he can and retain this knowledge that he has found that is so incredible that he just can't get enough of it. Here's some words that expresses David's life up to this, up to this point. Psalms 27 and 8. David says, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Notice that? He says, My heart spoke. Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And save such that have a contrite or crushed spirit. Mm. You see, David has experienced that already before he gets to this point. And then in Psalms 51 and verse number 10, David is saying, he says, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He says, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy generous spirit. What's David experiencing there? We know that David has succumbed to temptation. He has sinned horrifically with Bathsheba. And here it is, he's asking God, he says, he says, God, 
He says, I need you to create within me a clean heart. And he said, don't cast me off. You see, one of the things that is so outstanding about David and his relationship with God and important for you and I to understand is that because David sinned, and it was very horrific, but God still did not cast him off. David said, Lord, no, I need you to do a cleansing in my heart. Because, see, David would have never felt that. He would have never experienced, and I'm not saying it to condone what he did, but unless you have fallen, you have no idea what it's like. To get to a place where you say, God, create in me a clean heart. Don't cast me away from your presence. That's something that we all need to be reminded of. Create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. It comes from the heart. And says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. I pray today that we don't take the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a light thing, as something that sometimes we, we treat insignificantly, but it is your greatest gift from God. And then he says, restore unto me the joy the joy of your salvation. Amen. And understand here, let me let me just kind of, if I could, paint you a, a, a picture in words here of, of David's desire to run. He wanted to run toward God. He didn't want to walk in Him. He wanted to run. And let me give you a, a picture that the best that I can describe to you is the story of the prodigal son. And here it is that we know the story. The prodigal wasted his life and riotous living and he came to himself. And the Bible tells us that he made his way back to his father's house. But here's the, here's the key to that story is that his father ran to him. The son didn't run to the father, but God, it's symbolic of God reaching out. He loves you. He loves so much that he he will run to where you are. This is what David felt. He felt like that he could not stand it anymore. The desire to get closer to God. He couldn't walk anymore. He had to run to where God was. Then, verse 17 of Psalm 51, David reminds us, he reminds us that sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Psalms 108 and 1, David says this, he says, my heart is fixed. He says, my current status of my heart, it is fixed. It is steadfast. 
It is not going anywhere. It is fixed on God. There is no changing. He said, I will sing and give praise even with my glory, which one translation says that that means with all of my heart. David said, my heart is fixed. I can do nothing. The current status of my heart, it compels me to give God the glory and the honor and the praise from my heart because He's worthy. And He, I, I don't want to give Him a, a half-hearted gesture of praise, but I want to give Him, when I, when I sing to Him, when I worship Him, it has to come from my whole heart. He says, my heart is fixed in that. And he goes on, Psalms 1, 16 and 9, David says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, he has got, his heart is fixed. He has asked God to clean his heart. His heart is clean. His heart is fixed on God. And he says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, David says, every step that I take it, Every step that I take, it, it is for the glory of God. Wow. What a desire. What a hunger. What a thirsting. Psalms 119 and 2. I'm trying to get you to the place where David is at. Psalms 119 says, Blessed are they that keep his word. And that seek him with their whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Psalm 119.11. David finally gets to this point. He says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, David saying, Hey, I have built up this treasure chest in my heart. It's filled with your word, Lord. I have hid it away. I have hid your word away in my heart. We know Jesus spoken and recorded in Matthew 6, 21. We're told that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. David said, your word, it is my treasure. It is filled, my heart is a treasure chest that is filled completely with God and His Word. Psalms 119 and 20, so David has reached a breaking point. If you read that scripture, he has reached his heart's capacity. His heart is full. He needs more room. He needs more room. There's a quote. I don't know who wrote it. I read it. I'll relay it to you. It says to understand the mind of a person, look at what they have already achieved. But to understand the heart of a person, look at what they still aspire to do. So David has walked the walk. He has treasure inside of his heart. He has got to the point where 
He has no more capacity inside of his heart to, to get anything. The, the desire is that, God, I need more room. You've got to expand this thing because I need more of you. Wow. His heart so desired to, do, to know more of God in His Word that that literally means he felt crushed under this consistent, ongoing desire. You ever felt a, a burden? You ever felt something that drove you, that compelled you to God? That's what David had, only it was his desire. It was like a weight, only it was his desire for young teenagers or whoever. We have desires for whatever, new basketball shoes or new cars or new phones or new computers. No, David, this thing was crushing him. And it was a consistent, ongoing desire at all times. When he was sick, his desire to know more of God outweighed his sickness. When he was healthy, his desire to know more of God weighed more than his health. And he says, I cannot walk anymore. I am too excited to just casually walk. When you get excited about something and you see it or you want to get there, walking just does not cut it. There's something that says, no, I need to get there like now. That's what David felt. He was so excited. He says, no, he says, I need to run after this thing. It's because the amount of treasure I have stored up in my heart to this point, it's, it, it has reached its capacity. He says, enlarge my heart, O God. Why? In simple terms, because I need more of you. In other words, David said, my heart is too small to contain my love for you. We're talking about Valentine's Day. We're talking about the heart day. David says, my heart is it's too small to contain my love for you, Lord, your word and your people. He's not asking for bigger barns. He's asking for a bigger heart. Why, David? Well... I want to be that man after God's own heart. I want to fulfill the great commandment. Love. Love your God. With how much? How much is acceptable, Lord? He says, I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then when you get to that point, I want you to love your neighbor. As you have loved. I want you to love your neighbor. As I have loved you. 
enlarged my heart. You see, love expands with use. You have to exercise the heart. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. How do we enlarge muscles? How do we make them? How do we expand our muscles? Well, mostly they have to be stretched. Sometimes you have to use weights. Sometimes that muscle has to feel the weight. You see, you have to have a strong heart to run. Most people can walk easily. But when you put on your running shoes, you have to have an expanded and enlarged heart. You have to have a heart that is healthy. You have to have a heart that has been exercised. How do we exercise the heart spiritually? Weighing it down. Feeling the weights. If we had anybody here that works out in the gym and you want to build your muscles, then what do you do? You, you, you feel those weights and uh, you don't want to do it no more. But listen, the heart is a muscle. God said he is not attracted to your good looks or how much money you have or your intellect. What he attracted, what he is drawn to, he's drawn to a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He's drawn to hearts that have been exercised, that have been, that have felt the weights of life. And can I say this? The other way I believe that another way that you exercise the heart is you make it sweat with tears. Hello. How many of you have been there? You know, you that heart is exercised when you feel the weight of a situation and you are, you are compelled. That, that heart, it knows nothing except... That when it wants to expand it in its in its desire and its quest to find more of God, it begins to to perspire. It's tears, praying, praying expands the heart. Praying like Hannah, she was. The Bible says she was in bitterness of soul. She prayed and wept sore, and it came to pass as she continued praying, she spoke in her heart, her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. It was the heart enlarging itself. It is where love is expanded. 1 John 4, 7 and 10 speaks of love. Listen carefully. He that does not show love does not know God. For God is love. Here is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse number 19, we love Him because He first loved us. We didn't initiate 
the running to him. He initiated his running towards you. We love him because he first loved us. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. You want to exercise your heart today? You want to enlarge your heart today? Jesus said, here's a new commandment that I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. The acid test of love, if you will, that you have love one to another. Love is not a trait of God. It is his essence. What he is made of. In other words, and they, another word for essence is heart. You cannot separate the two. Heart, love. You cannot separate the two. And if God is love, tell me, how can you measure his heart? If the very essence of God or if the very heart of God is love, how do you measure him? How do you measure his heart from the east to the west? You understand, it's not a trait of God. It is God. How can you measure it? Let me give you a couple of, of uh, points here about love. I, I believe that this is the way that God, this is the way that God defines love, if you will. Number one, unselfish concern about others. In other words, it's all about others, not you. Number two, the act of one person seeking the highest good for another. Number three, love is impartial, universal, and everlasting. Measure his love. You measure his love, you measure his heart. How big is his heart? From everlasting to everlasting. Alpha, Omega, beginning then, there is no, there it is infinite. And God's love is not dependent on the beauty of the object being loved. Thank God for that, right? Amen. Ephesians 3 and 17 from the Amplified. Bible says this, listen to this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith, and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints the width, the length, the height, the depth, of his love. Go ahead, stretch it out. Figure it out, if you will. Fully experiencing that amazing, endless love, and that you may come to know through personal experience 
the love of Christ which far surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life completely filled and flooded with God. That's what David was after. He said, God, you've got to enlarge my heart because I'm at a point where I that I got to have I got to have a bigger heart because I got to love more. I got to have a bigger heart, God, because I need to love your people more. I got to have a bigger heart because everything that you have given me so far, I am filled. I can't contain no more. You got to enlarge my heart, God. How do we how do we enlarge that heart in verse number 27 of Psalms 119 David says this he says make me to understand make me to understand your word Lord and one commentator wrote a couple of points here that I would like to bring to you he says he says here's one he says that number one through the ministry of the Spirit of God. John wrote, he said, for the Holy Ghost, one of the, one of the attributes of the Holy Ghost is He will lead you and teach you all things. Ministry of the Word, what we're trying to do today, every time you pick up that Bible, Every time you listen to that word, what are you doing? Well, I, I'm just trying to, I, I, I'm trying to get to a place where I have to have a bigger heart because my lack of knowledge is so inadequate. Number three, affliction. You can read the book of Job, and there are several places in there where Job says, he says, before all this happened, he says, I thought I knew you. But he says, now I think he, the words go, now I see you. Affliction, nobody wants that. But it's, nobody, listen, you want to, if you want strong muscles, you have to exercise them. You have to feel there's times that you've got to feel the weight. You've got to feel the pressure. You've got to feel those muscles as they stretch. Affliction. Nobody likes it. Why? Probably we will at least think about not praying the prayer. Right? I like the prayer of Jabez. Enlarge my territory. But I'm not so sure that I'm brave enough to pray and enlarge my heart, God. And number four, study and labor of the word of the Lord. Study to show thyself approved. 
It takes a lot. You have to invest in the intake. You've got to have the right diet in order to have a healthy heart. You have to have a healthy diet in order to have a spiritual heart that is a man after God's own heart. You've got to feed it. You've got to give it all the right ingredients, all the right nutrition. And David says his purpose was for a deeper knowledge of God. Paul, we know, Paul wrote, he says, I want to know him. He said, I want to know him. He said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Because Paul understood that in order, you can't have one without the other. You've got to go both places. You've got to be able to feel that thing. A deeper knowledge of God's word. Why? To honor God. To edify others. And for our own sake. I close with reading to you Exodus 28, 29, and 30. This is from the NIV translation. It's talking about Aaron as he enters the holy place. Listen carefully to this. Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of Israel over his heart. On the breastplate of decision as a continuing memorial before the Lord. Also the Urim and the Thummim in the breastplate. They will be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart continually before the Lord. What is he talking about? He's talking about when we come into the presence of God. It's not just about you and me. It's about a heart that has been conditioned. It's about a heart that bears the names of our loved ones. It's about a heart that is so absolutely hungry and thirsty that we are courageous enough that even on Valentine's Day, even on Heart Day, if you will, that we cry out and we say, Lord, I need you to enlarge my heart today because I need more of you so that I can give my love, your love, to more. Amen. We pray as we close here today close with a word of prayer and we at the Tower of Pentecost, whoever, wherever you are, we pray that today would be a special day for you but we do pray that somewhere along today that you would get along with God and that you would ask Him to show you the condition of your heart. What? Where are we in our walk with God? Are we, are we at the point where we're saying, God, I just, I got to run a little faster to get to the place where you can enlarge my heart because I got to have more of you. 
because this thing is just overwhelming. Amen. We'll pray and dismiss here today. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, Lord, for the courage and the commitment and the devotion of David, who we have spoke about today. We thank you, Lord, for all the precious saints of God that have paved this way so that we, so that we can have the knowledge and understanding of who you are, Jesus. We thank you always. We pray today that you would enlarge the church's heart, God, so that we could have more of you. Quicken our pace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. God bless you today.